blessings and welcome back to pew babies <laughs> your apostolic young adult podcast i'm ron and i'm mike and happy birthday <laughs> to you happy birthday to you y'all gonna have to bear the whole song happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday to you yes it was just mike's birthday happy birthday thank you so much thank you so much thank you i'm just i'm blessed to see year 30 something so yes i think everybody knows how 32 so um so blessed to see it you know god is good you know and he's worthy to be praised I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for such the the beautiful birthday song, my sister Ron. Aww. I appreciate it. You know, I love a good oh selection. Say. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. We love it. Um, so it looked like you had a good week. I saw the pictures. People had their legs out, the leg beat was showing. I was like the same thing that grab a sheet or something yeah. and cover the brother. Oh, you are funny. So yes, I well, I had a great birthday weekend. One of the best probably one of the better birthday weekends that I've had in a while other than I tripped to San Fran a couple of years ago. Yeah. Those two have probably been my favorites, but I had a really good birthday. You didn't do much. I just went out of town for a little bit and hung out with my cousin and we just, you know, wild out as far as just, you know, talking junk to each other like we normally do and ate really good. So yes that's mm, yeah ate really good so it's so um, funny because it's on topic for tonight but it's all right <laughs> yes yes so yeah it was a really good weekend i really wanted to just celebrate my so it's been a year it's been an interesting year for me so i want to do more traveling and just more things to that i could really enjoy and celebrate me mm-hmm. i appreciate everybody that sent me a birthday wish i had people that called and sang i had people that did post i had a heartfelt text messages ron being one of them just <laughs> Made my eyes sweat a little bit. So I just appreciate everybody taking the time out of that busy day to just wish me a happy birthday. So thank you so much. No, you know, of course, Pew Babies wouldn't be what it is <laughs> without Mike because yeah. I am boring. So no, no, no. This is you this bring, cheap. Michael <laughs> brings. But yeah, I know. For the brain. So. so glad that um had a great birthday and glad that you take time for yourself too. This week, I watched the little mermaid have you seen it yet i've not seen it yet is it in your plans to watch that look if i can ever you know bring my head up above water okay all right <laughs> like everything i got going on but i would i would love to watch i've heard some great things about it but then i heard the saints crying out about it on social media oh but oh i thought that's what she was gonna talk about was that outcry i didn't know there was outcry <laughs> Yeah, like apparently some of the saints, which I took with a grain of salt, but there were people on Facebook talking about some, um, please don't take your children to go see the Little Mermaid because there's a mermaid spirit and a mermaid spirit is a lust spirit and is demonic. And I'm like, it's the Little Mermaid. Like, why is it? Never mind. I'm not even going to get into that tonight because I'm, I'm just going to get upset. Like, I'm going to get really up sets like i'm gonna get really upset and i'm gonna say something so anyway i do plan to support and see it because it, little mermaid is a classic a really ignorant thought came to my brain so that's what i 
the many ignorant thoughts came to my brain. I'm like, hey. I'm concerned about the mermaid spirit. Y'all need to be concerned about the fish spirit and take care of that. Be up. But oh um, wow, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and dismiss. <laughs> you know how people be shouting, and you just like, mm, if I could just give you some secret. Oh man, <laughs> some refreshing, this is crazy, <laughs> some acts. Yeah, like, it's gonna be a wild. It's gonna be a crazy night. It's gonna be a crazy night. I'm having a good time tonight, y'all. I enjoyed Little Mermaid. So, like, I know I heard people talk about like it had witchcraft. I'm like the the cartoon did too. Like, you know, that's just Ursula. And I mean, and she was defeated in the end. The devil was defeated. So, <laughs> uh, I'm so sick of like people. Like, why do we gotta make everything so deep? Like, and we we like we 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 talk about the mermaid spirit and stuff. And I'm, I'm shielding my my people for, but you won't shield your children from the pedophile pastor you sit un- under or you won't shield your children from the family members that always want to hug on them and feel on them but you trying to shield them from this movie that's very innocent anyway uh, <sighs> i didn't come here to <laughs> choose violence on tonight we you know <laughs> We just got started. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I enjoyed Little Mermaid. It was a great movie. That's all I have to say. I did have a church controversy for today. What are your thoughts on children's church? Hmm. Should the children have their separate church gathering meeting? So I grew up on children's church. I have mixed feelings about it. I grew up on children's church. And in children's church, we learn like what they would do is they would take the children. And as a younger person, like when I was like probably elementary age, we would go, we'll go into fellowship hall. And we would actually have our own service. Like we would sing, we would pray, read the scripture. And then they would do like a Bible lesson. You know, like stuff like tithes and offering. We've talked about like end times and stuff before. And then like we would have a snack, like cookies and juice. Mm-hmm. And then we would like go back up in the sanctuary. So you guys but still finished and made it back in time. We made to, it like, back in time to like sit, yeah. Okay. Um, which I never sat with my parents in church because they was in a choir, so I couldn't sit with them. Oh, yeah. Until I got in the choir. But my thoughts on it now, like I'm not against children's church. I just I think that it needs to be something that kind of mimics like what we do in adult church, so kids are trained up. Because I'm I see way too many kids that don't know how to like behave in church, even though that starts at home. But at the same time, like I see too many children now that like sit in church on iPads and don't get into the service and stuff so i think if we could create some kind of model of children's church where it's like it teaches and trains them how to really kind of interact with an adult service i think i would be a little more open to children's church what are your thoughts first i want to address the point that you didn't sit with your parents while you were in church growing up that's so interesting to me because like like, our parents like i (laughs) felt like they like almost always had us around or you would like i was always sitting with my mom until like you know i got like nine or ten or something i started sitting with my friends well growing up because like my parents was on the choir so most of the time the choir came down after the when they came down out of the choir stand they sat in the first three rows Mm -hmm. and so which i don't know why they did that but they sat in the first three rows and then my dad like they either stayed in the choir stand or sat on the deacon's bench so i couldn't like really like i probably could have sat up there if i wanted to but i i I just didn't Mm -hmm. so most of the time like either i sat beside one of the older mothers or i sat with friends and stuff even like weeknight services because my mom worked in she was a church secretary so Mm -hmm. a lot of times she would be in the side office knowing stuff and then my dad was like i said he was a deacon so he was sitting in like the deacon's corner or whatever so i 
you know, was kind of left out there to, you know. Fend for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as children's church is concerned, like I, I grew up opposite. We didn't have children's church. We like learned how to sit in the services and basically entertain ourselves until we were old enough to understand, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think I've said this before. At some point, I stopped looking at all the maps in the back of the Bible and acting <laughs> like it was my laptop. <laughs> and it started oh, wow. actually like taking notes. So I don't know when that clicked, but I guess for a lot of us, like at some point it does click. And so, yeah. My mom has always said that we were like kids who just sat on the pew and just looked. I'm sure we had a lot of thoughts as kids, probably talking about people in our minds. But <laughs> I think the way you explained it, the concept of children's church is good. Of course, we had youth Sunday school, but to actually like pull kids out of service, because you know how sometimes work can get really good and then someone's baby start crying or something like that, or somebody child get fussy mm -hmm. and like you missing like what happened, what the pastor said, because you looking back trying to figure out who is not taking their kid out. And I know it's hard for the parent it's a little embarrassing but you'd be like oh my gosh like please get your kid yeah so. no i mean i see stuff like this all the time even now and it's kind of like mm, you know like you it's distracting a little bit mm -hmm. and then also i know like growing up you know in church in children's church anyway i knew how to behave in church because my dad and them didn't play that mm -hmm. talking and cutting up and stuff in church they didn't play that so that's true i think all the saints kind of were able to discipline us. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. like you respect a lot of them. So you wasn't going to act too out of character. But yeah, I mean, I think kids should learn how to be in the adult service, but I definitely see the benefits of children's church. With that being said, that is our opener for this week. Oh, Mike, I dropped my phone. <laughs> it is broken. Oh no. It was in a case and the word came to me. That sometimes you could be protected but still broke inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Listen. <laughs> that's the word. That's the word tonight. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's the word tonight. We're on we're on one tonight, y'all. We are on one tonight. You know how people like just take random stuff that happened to them and be like, it just something spiritual came to me. Like you said, over spiritualizing everything. We yeah. the spirit of mermaid. <laughs> just the spirit doesn't somebody said a mermaid spirit oh, like mermaid spirit. and i'm just like how do you get my time oh yep yep that's the, a mermaid, spirit. <laughs> a mermaid <laughs> because what does that mean what does that even mean to some you know when we looked it up it means it's a sexual demon oh my god like i'm sure i'm almost 97 percent sure that disney did not have the spirit of lust and sex when they like produced this movie yeah and it's always black films that we we do this too like it's almost like mm -hmm. there's something comes out it's popular and it's black like it's like oh y'all should not be we shouldn't be watching this because same thing they did with wakanda forever there was people out there talking about something when you do that chest wakanda forever you're making a bow to the you know what <laughs> Yes, I saw people on my timeline like saying <laughs> stuff like that, and I was just very much so. So, so y'all are followers, but y'all was up there the whole time talking about some Wakanda forever. It was like, are you mad? Are you like, are you really that upset? You asked us one time, I think it was the episode with Shay, like, can you be over spiritual? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just these little things here that just like, y'all just really just take stuff and just run with it. And I'm sick of y'all running, like walk, like walk with some of this stuff because... <laughs> 
I am when I tell you I've had it up to here, I've had it like up to here. Like I can't, I can't take anymore. I just cannot take anymore with you deep saved and spooky saints. We call them DSS saints. Deep saved and spooky. Because it's like <laughs> every time you turn around, like don't put your don't put your girls playing basketball. Don't let your girls play basketball. You introduce the spirit of lesbianism in. Mm, and I'm like, what? okay, <laughs> yes. I, these are actual posts I've seen, and like, and then, and I, and I feel like every time something is popular among people, mm-hmm. people take the opportunity to tear it down. What I've gathered from it is, I think people are more upset that people gravitate to things more so than they're gravitating to your churches, because it's usually people that's in leadership positions in ministry, and you're upset that people are going to the Beyonce concert. You're upset people going to see the Little Mermaid and stuff in groves, and they're not coming to your ministry to hear you in groves and it's coming out that you are just very baffled by this so well what we're learning in sunday school at my church now is about witnessing and the reason why they're not coming is because you're not inviting them you're not you're being <laughs> are you marketing your church no you're not marketing your church no. because most of these people that's mad don't even really have a stable church they sit up under or their ministry is not stable my- you know I just literally saw someone on my on my timeline from this part of the vineyard I'm in. They went from <laughs> being a uh Jewish like uh Hebrew Hebrew, Hebrew Israel, Israelite not that Hebrew Israelite the ones that be on the street but they were like a church that like worshiped them on Saturdays they wore the yarmulkes and stuff I used to work with this I worked with the pastor they weren't seven day Adventists, but they okay. celebrate on Saturday they did everything like he calls himself rabbi oh. they went from that to now their church is a non-denominational church I don't oh, want to call no. the name of <laughs> Like I saw the church Facebook page and it was like we're under construction right now. And when I looked again, that church, like the church was called like was something like Jewish. And then it went from there to being called Kingdom Such and Such, such and such. I'm like not being non denied because y'all confused. It's too much. So y'all are confused. That's what I'm saying. Like it's too much out here. And I I cannot my I can't take that. We have to have an episode about labels. That reminds me. But oh my god that's crazy anyway to god be the glory to god be the glory (laughs) (laughs) to god be the glory that's it for church controversy mike what do you got for us tonight i'm gonna keep the announcements short tonight first and foremost praise the lord everybody praise the lord to you back there praise the lord to you 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 and you um we want to welcome you to another episode of the pew babies podcast your apostolic millennial podcast we hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you and to your loved ones and to your friends and that you will be so kind as to share this podcast with somebody i want to just go into our announcements tonight so bible is banned in u.s district after being deemed too vulgar or violent for children Mm. Hmm. so the author says should the bible be banned if not then why shouldn't it it this isn't what happens when books are banned based on broad criteria designated or designed to catch as many books as possible that lawmakers deem inappropriate based on their moralistic beliefs last week you may have heard the bible was removed from all elementary and middle school libraries in davis county utah after an unidentified person lodged a complaint that the bible violates the state new sensitive materials law which prohibits instructional material that is pornographic or indecent 
your thoughts about that you said utah that was the thing that stuck out to me do they read the bible no they read the book of mormon so Mm -hmm. we know who put that that (laughs) that anonymous That anonymous request, I don't think, was too anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't know what the Book of Mormon contains, but I'm sure it's got stuff that's similar. So, According to the announcement that I sent you today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we going to talk about that? Can. We can talk we about that. We need to talk about that. Um, I don't have an article for it, but we can talk about it. But yes, I think the banning book crusade has gone too far. It went too far in a lot of ways. Some of my like favorite books growing up as a kid have all been banned. I think Amanda Gorman's poem, I think you talked about that before, that was banned. And now is the Bible. I mean, like I said, this is specifically in Utah, which probably had a reason for trying to ban the Bible. But I don't think the Southern whites who were pushing book banning wanted <laughs> this book to be taken as well. And here's the thing. There's that saying that says, uh, they came for them, they came for them, they came for them, and next they come for you, right? So I think just pull all the books back. <laughs> like that's that's my end to it like put them all back like what's the likelihood I, let's be for real though when you were in elementary school in middle school high school even what was the likelihood of you reading every book that was in your library very low i read a lot of books back in my day i don't all those reading challenges that people was lying about i was actually reading those books and deserved to get the pizza pie <laughs> <laughs> so, i'll just say that but like you skip over stuff that you're not interested in or you don't care about and so i mean are some kids deviantly like looking for books that have like racy material in it of course like we had kids that got caught watching pornography during like computer lab it was crazy but i know my (laughs) that's what happens when you live in the suburbs people don't have nothing else to do but want to look at sex (laughs) we had so many kids that grew like that graduated pregnant in my area but anyway it's a different story but yeah like i i just don't understand the whole point of um banning books and honestly if we start banning like this form of expression then that's something scary to me and like i said when does it go too far and what is going to become acceptable if all of these books are being banned then what is the acceptable approach to having these books and will people find a way to perverse things that probably shouldn't be perverse of course so um i just feel like any type of censorship is a form of trying to create established power which is kind of like an issue yeah i I think the jokes write themselves here like you just said something so key the southern whites probably um did not expect this to go i think this was very strategic who did this it was somebody either a that was mormon that would have loved to have seen the bible off the shelves or b it was somebody trying to prove a point (laughs) Mm -hmm. like okay you want to remove everything (laughs) else you're going to remove the bible too and so i think you have to be careful because a lot of these things that you know these laws you put in place to try to censor and to try to be desensitized and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. you got to think like what else that affects and so now it's affecting the bible that you all thump so hard to push your political views so now like what are you going to do now because now that utah has done it what about the blue states that may start to feel the same way and before you know it bibles are banned you know so yeah which is why you better have the word of god in your heart that you might not sin against god but anyway Mm -hmm. um it's just funny that you know you put these laws in place and you don't know what it's going to affect in the end like you thought that putting these laws in place was going to stop a lot of these books and stuff that talk about black history black culture and you know that challenges a lot of you know race theory and that talks about critical race theory now that you have you know banned it now people are finding ways to ban the 
stuff that you all like are you know find of interest you know so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting concept at the end of the day um you know really be fighting over these kids like these kids can't go to their public library and find it there too like it's crazy exactly pat robertson has died at 93 pat robertson the white wing televangelist and former republican presidential candidate who espoused racist sexist misogynistic homophobic aids phobic xenophobic and islamophobic islamic phobic bigotry on air for decade has died these are the words of the author I, I love the these. internet. <laughs> You're so ignorant. <laughs> these are the words of the mm. I had to look up his face again because for some reason in my mind I just kept getting Pat Sajak from uh what's that show? Will of Fortune. Will of Fortune. Will of Fortune. But yeah, Will of Fortune, yeah. Um, yeah, Pat Robertson. I remember this man. I remember watching him when I was young. What was his? What was the channel that he was on? Seven Hundred Club. Seven Hundred Club. Yes, yeah. yes. It brings back memories. How problematic! <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to someone, and I was telling them, you know, like I realized when I was younger, a lot of the people I knew, like in my life, were Republicans. And, you know, we were talking about John McCain, right? And like, for me, like John McCain, for everything that John McCain was, he was like one of the good Republicans that I like actually liked. Mm-hmm. But times have just changed so much that I just looking at being surrounded by people back then versus now, it's just so much. And I think 700 Club is one of those things that I look back on. And like, as a kid growing up, it was okay. Like, this is good. This is good television. 700 Club, like, oh, this was fun. And then now I look at it and I'm like, oof oof very problematic yeah and it's just it's interesting seeing how society has changed forcing the needle to change and what stances people have taken because now christianity is not just following the principles of christ it's also being a a certain type of conservative and what does being conservative mean that's a whole box of worms that we need to break down (laughs) you know what i mean so i think that's the difference so rest in peace to pat robertson um strong legacy yeah i'll just leave it there when i'm our next announcement <laughs> <laughs> he said if you can't say nothing now. <laughs> no well here's my thing like i never knew how problematic the 700 club because like the 700 club was something that i kind of saw in passing right mm. you know being home from school during the summer like right, right. kind of like it was on it was like oh you know it was like one of those things that came on in the morning so like if it was on like you know you're listening to it because I remember just being in school like high school and sometimes if my dad there were days when my dad would take me to get a haircut like before mm-hmm. school just we had to go to like youth council brotherhood service or something like that like and we had to go out of town with the church my dad would take me the Thursday before school to get a haircut or something like that so sometimes with that being said like I would be home long enough to hear the 700 club again at that time 2005 2006 i didn't really think of it as problematic because 14 15 year old me wasn't really dialed into politics and anything going on but then too like you know i was like oh it's just another christian show until 2008 when president barack obama became president and this man had nothing nice to say so i mean every time you turn the tv he was talking trash about barack obama but you you know so it was just one of those things where it was just like wow this is really like problematic like and this this man's show is problematic 
so and I'm not one to say I don't care about his death like you know it's always tough when someone you know dies and definitely prayers up to his family and friends that, that, that are experiencing his loss but the way you show up when you live and the way you you know show up for people and the way you respond to things people remember that the most you know mm-hmm. people remember how you respond to certain things the opinions that you give and if that outweighs the good that you've done and stuff like that then that's something that you kind of got to deal with in in death you know like you got to deal with people saying like oh, i don't care that you die and stuff like that might not be my personal opinion but people will write things kind of like what this this blogger wrote on her website mm-hmm. about his death so you know tough pill to swallow but it should be a lesson to everybody else that it matters what you say how you respond and your opinions on here on these big platforms you know when you're living so right. kind of the same thing i said about kevin samuels yeah i was thinking that <laughs> I got two more announcements. I'm going to jump off. Tiffany Montgomery gives warning to the body of Christ, the rise of false prophets. My God. (sighs) In a recent video titled, A Warning to the Body of Christ, the Rise of False Prophets, Prophetess Tiffany Montgomery addressed her critics and shared her concerns about the infiltration of false prophets within the Christian community. I felt this warning so strong. Ask God for the spirit of discernment in this season. There has been a rise of false prophets, false preaching, false news, just a lot of people trying to teach you about God who doesn't know him themselves. Be very wise this hour. We must get real about our faith, y'all. Either we in or we out. Either we believe in one and only true God or we don't. Either we pray and see God for ourselves or we want to fall for every lie that people tell us. Prophetess Montgomery expressed her indifference towards those who dislike her or label her as a false prophet. And the reason why I read this because i do have many thoughts but i want to hear your thoughts that's what i was gonna say i was like aren't you a false Prophet, try to identify <laughs> false prophet. So <laughs> let me stop. I don't disagree with her, and, and and I don't think it's a rise. I think people have already been here. There's nothing new under the sun. My uh, sister-in-law, she listens to the show. Hey, girl. Uh, hey, she, sister-in-law, how you doing? <laughs> she sent me a video of the history of Transformation Church and Mike Todd. My God. After listening to one of our episodes where we kind of went on a rant about Mike Todd, and the biggest thing that really showed up to me or that stood out to me in that video was that these people were all in the same circle and one one thing that the author of the video like pointed out is like Azusa Street and the school, the Oral Roberts School that all these people came out of. All these big names: Joel Olstein, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers. Everybody's connected to this one place in this one school for some way or somehow. And Carlton Pearson, you know what I mean? And so like. Not to say false prophecy is coming from one, like, you know, but they were talking about in 1994. They were talking about false prophets back then during the Azusa conference that Carlton Pearson had. And then here we go, like, years later, and we look back and we remember Carlton Pearson becoming a false prophet. And then we look back years later, and it's like, mm, Mike Todd has entered. So, you know. Has entered the chat. <laughs> has entered the chat. <laughs> he said, I had something to say. So false prophets have been here. And I think we just have to be even more careful because especially when the false prophets start telling us to look out for false prophets, that's scary. So like, it's it's a whole new level. Like, can you imagine like Jason telling you that Freddie come in? Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Wow. It's like the inception of falsicity. Is that a word? Yes. Um, But yes, so you just have to be vigilant. We've been saying this the last couple episodes, you know, really get back in your Bible 
and know your basics know your foundational beliefs if you don't know them now you need to learn them ask somebody read the word to get and be established you know what i mean and then also make sure that you actually are building a relationship with christ take that extra time to pray take that extra time to fast challenge yourself because these things are going to be necessary like mike was saying there's going to be a time where we won't be able to have our word and the word has to be hidden in your heart and we need to be prepared for that like we're moving closer and closer to the last days they've been saying it for years they've been saying my whole life (laughs) and now i understand what the older saints mean well if it was if it was coming then it's even closer now and like we can definitely just feel it and see it and like i said there's nothing new under the sun so a lot of the things that we're seeing are things that happened in the past but it just goes to show that like it's easy for the saints to be turned away and we just have to be the remnant so just stay vigilant like that's all i have to say mike i know you have thoughts a few thoughts. So I too saw the documentary. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, sister-in-law. <laughs> um, <laughs> very interesting documentary. And there were parts of it that was scary. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there was this this instance where, like you said, like you it started kind of going back. Like the author, which whoever put the video together did a magnanimous job right. of balancing out like the history, but not like defaming or mm-hmm. you know, kind of giving this false narrative or saying anything negative about the ministry. But he gave us a glimpse of and gave us facts of like how the transformation church has grown. And there were parts in there about it, you know, him kind of giving bases and claims about these erroneous doctrine that Mike Todd kind of kind of preaches whatever like you know like where you know and and so it just goes to show that people will follow you if you have a good setup like you got a good setup if you're able to maneuver if you got the gift of gab you know like people will follow you people will follow you mike todd even said himself that he didn't study he was just in the beginning he was not studying like that was what was so scary for me was like that was his own words he was like he didn't study and i'm like you're preaching to thousands of people like i know a church is you can't even preach in front of 10 people if you don't study you know like so if it's not a biblical basis if it's not biblical basis you're not getting up there and talking about nothing but you're preaching in front of thousands of people and you said that you did not study and so i can't even believe that you study now just because of the things that you say in the pulpit and i'm not here to talk about mics i just think that if you get a chance watch the documentary because i think like the author said at the end the author said at the end of that video was just like you know i pray that the lord would give him insight to be able to lead those people and to be able to preach them the truth that their lives might be changed you know Mm -hmm. and so that's what we always hope for and things that nature to get on montgomery so i saw some of her videos of her getting up there defending herself about people calling her a false prophetess or prophet whatever you are first thought is if god calls you to do something you don't have to get up and defend nothing if god has called you to preach prophesy if he's called you to you know do any you, there's there's not a whole lot you need to do as far as getting up there defending why are you constantly getting up there defending yourself and then when you get on these live streams and you get up here you're calling people loud and stuff you're not coming out of the spirit of humility you're coming out of the spirit of i'm trying to get you back you're coming from this this negative spirit and you spreading that stuff all across and you're using it in the name of well the prophets of the bible didn't come so she tried to use ananias and sophias um when i was looking at her live i didn't look at it live i looked at the video but she tried to use ananias and sophias 
um okay. when they fell dead when they i think we talked about on the show mm-hmm. you know for a line about the money that they had she was like and, and she said picture that she was like y'all think i'm up here me like madam ma'am ma'am like don't you dare compare yourself to anything that happened in god's holy word and compare yourself to that because you t- said in your live last night that you got saved in your shower and the lord immediately called you to ministry oh it was her words and again, I'm not here to argue whether women belong in ministry or not. But what I am here to argue is that you never, you didn't sit up in up under anybody. You didn't learn from up anybody. And now you just out here all in these streets, you know, sitting in your car, going live, calling people out for calling you a false prophet. Like, I need you to really reel that in. And like, like you said, she's not wrong about false prophets being out here because there's a lot of false prophets out here. There's a lot of people going live, trying to take your money, you know, that's ready to call out your social i don't believe prophecy is me calling out your social security number me calling mm-hmm. out your address me you know telling you that yeah. ron you know you're wearing a black undershirt today i need you to come to this altar right now you know god got five million dollars stored up in your bank account but i need you to so far that's not what prophecy there's a lot of that going on there's a lot of it, and i agree with her on that stance but for you to think that you are one of the true prophets of god and you're in here and you talk crazy. You get on live. You got an arrogant spirit and things like that. God can't not using you. You're you're acting out of flesh. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you realize that he might could use you, but you're acting out of flesh going live and stuff. And, be, and people that got the real Holy Ghost like myself can see right through. There's a lot of people up there agreeing with you and going along with your spirit. But the people that got the real Holy Ghost and got real discernment can see right through that. And so, you know, you need to be careful with, you know, what you do and, and, and what you say on these platforms again because you know at the end of the day at the end of the day you're gonna have blood on your hands of innocent people because you led these people astray you know good good and goodness well a lot of what you are out here telling people and feeding people god ain't told you you're doing this based off feeling mm-hmm. you're doing this based off because like i said i believe that gifts and callings come without repentance but just that and so for you to get up here and for you to judge people, turn your nose up at people and be in your car, you know, saying, thus saith the Lord, all these other things. And you don't have no works that have gone before you. I can't trust that, sis. I, I really can't trust that. We have to be stronger because she's one of the false prophets she's talking about. Like she's one of the false prophets that she's, she's talking about her own self. <laughs> And it's not that I'm talking crazy about her, but you, you're up here and you're calling everybody else out, but you refuse to look at the mirror within yourself and figure out that you are one of the false prophets that you refer to. You know what you're doing? It You need to be stopped. You need to be sat down and you need to sit under some teaching. You need to sit under a word church, a church that's going to give you the word. Mm-hmm. A ter- church is going to teach you how to be a decent young lady and how to really have tact, how to represent a ministry and stuff like that. You up here on your live talking, you a prophet is, you got bright red lipstick and a nose ring so what but you have nerd to talk about uh people going to see beyonce no sinner i need you to sit down i need you to go to a missionary meeting so they can work with you to get the holy ghost and so that you can be taught okay (laughs) um the live streaming in your car is crazy it is crazy right (laughs) like it's crazy and you and she comes from this angry place and i'm like if a lot of these great men and women of god got in their car and went live every time somebody said something crazy about them Mm. they would never have time to lay before the lord how are you laying before the lord you always going live addressing people people gonna talk about you regardless people gonna call you false regardless but make sure you're not giving them a reason to call you a false prophetess Mm. oh anyway 
Our last announcement, very wild announcement, but we're going to just drop it off right here. It says, court finds the Mormon church can conceal crimes against children because of clergy privilege. On April 7th, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can refuse to report child sex abuse if the abuser confesses to the crime in a confessional setting. I'm tired, Mike. What a loophole. Do anything with a child and then just go and sit into a confessional and just be like, I'm asking for forgiveness. Not mean it, not care, and then that's it. That's I think that's weird. Like I get like your the privilege should be that the person that you told can't report it but for it to be like well we can't charge you is crazy well i guess that's why because they can't testify against you it's just i don't know that's just crazy to me i just don't i don't like it i don't like it at all i feel so sorry for those children that was the thing i wanted to mention i was watching the duggards show documentary on prime it's called happy shiny people oh my so you got you know um 17 and counting and Mm, mm. yeah the duggar family so the documentary kind of like talks about how they put this like fundamentalist basically in a nutshell is is christianity backed with sexual assault backed with the dad stealing money from the kids like it's just a lot of like just sadness and foolishness really and it made me think like is this how people see the church you know what i mean a place to hide sexual predators create sexual predators it's just and then they were talking about being obedient which is great like they were talking about things that were good but then perverting it so it was like we're going to teach obedience so how we teach obedience we're going to lock you in the prayer room until y'all figure out how to listen to what we say and i was just like oof (laughs) it's just and then but then it made me think of i remember somebody telling me a story about being locked in the church to terry for the holy ghost which like is different Uh, yeah i don't really it just don't sit right with me so like let's just be careful we don't get involved in cult behavior that's one but also too i going back to the article i don't like this we already talked about plenty of times how sexual sin sexual issues lust issues lusciousness is such a big issue in the church and it's an issue for a lot of reasons it's an issue because when you tell people that they can't have sex some people in their mind you tell them they can't do something they're going to think about doing it it's an issue because people who do get caught up in that sin they get shunned even though we know a lot of people are in that sin it's an issue because people who commit sins in power still are protected for committing that sin in power it's just so many different angles that lust has and is destroying the church and destroying it as a body and yeah the mormon church doesn't believe the way we do but it still applies like how many people have probably gone and like said i did something wrong from a lust perspective to a pastor or a bishop and it's just kind of like well you know if you just ask for forgiveness is done but this was actually like you assaulted your fellow sister in christ or you touched a little child that you shouldn't have been touching or you like you know what i mean it, it shouldn't be covered up 
And I think that's the issue that I'm having with this article. And it's the issue that I'm having all the time. We continue to cover up this spirit and it has to be revealed. It has to, because the more that we cover things up, refuse to shed light on it, the worse it's going to get. And that's why we have little things like this that keep shedding light on it until you have a documentary like the Duggarts that outs your whole church or outs your whole congregation or outs, you know, and like, we can't keep doing this. And so let's nip it in the butt now. Like we have to have these conversations and nip it in the butt. And like, we can't, I feel bad because we are, we're creating a cycle of something terrible. These kids that these men are touching. And like I said, it's a loophole. If I just go confess it, then it's going to be okay. And I won't ever get charged for it. I'll just keep, I'll keep doing it and just confessing. I'll keep doing that and just confessing. And it's funny yes, because that whole ideology, think about it, it's just, so it's us, right? It's the children of Israel. It's all of us. Like we will do sin and we'll just confess it and then we'll keep doing it. But at some point, repentance requires us to turn away. And I'm sorry to be on like a tangent, but like you are continuing to, li to live in sin. You're just confessing. And that's why we talk about that scripture like confess it with my mouth and believe my confession is not enough <laughs> Con not. confession is not enough because confession is just gonna make you be like oh <laughs> i got caught oops oopsie daisy or i'm protecting myself oopsie daisy or it's about to come out let me say something and then you get right back in that stuff it's not revealed and it's not putting you in a place where you got to turn away let me backtrack i need the church to have a discussion and not a birds and the bees discussion a real discussion about sexual sin and sexual issues and why are you acting like this and why is a married man looking at blah 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 and why are like people taking kids to the bathroom and like touching them in a you know like we need to have these conversations and we need we can't take it lightly and call it out expose these people the same way you have a pregnant girl go before the church and apologize i need to have people sat down i need to have people I need go to have people the put out when put you out. touch your child be put out like it's not that you know we don't have you know grace is the fact that you touched a child like yeah the lord forgives you but also we don't need you around children anymore or like find someplace else to worship with it it's, it's different than getting pregnant it's different than fornicating yeah. it's different than doing Absolutely. whatever else but pedophilia you're you slept with a with a and, and this is i didn't mean to cut you off ron but no, you're fine go ahead this goes on just not in the mormon church like this is going on in other pentecostal sect sectors yeah i've heard of a bishop literally they got a 12 year old girl pregnant and they still allow him to pastor and they mm -hmm. paid the family a certain amounts of money to keep it on the hush. Like, uh -huh. this stuff is real out here. It's real. And, and y'all want to talk about a mermaid, the mermaid. <laughs> y'all want to rebuke the spirit of mermaid. <laughs> y'all And this is the thing. Y'all keep putting it on these kids. You Don't take your kid to watch the movie because the spirit of the mermaid. It has nothing to do with children. You know what makes people perverse? Adults. Adults mm -hmm. that have problems that haven't been fixed. Adults who are allowed to get away with it. Adults who act like they repented, but they have not repented. They've just confessed. And maybe they didn't even confess. Maybe because they didn't confess because they didn't have to. So like it goes beyond the church. It goes into the black community. It goes into so many communities. This problem is a big problem and we're continuing to corrupt children and expose them to this. And then wonder why people are suffering with depression. Wondering why, oh, that girl's so hot in the tail. Well, the girl's been getting touched by who knows who. Exactly. So, like, let's, like, we really have to have a talk about it because it's too much. I remember just going back to the Mormons. 
I remember two years ago, um, I was taking a road, little road trip and everybody knows I like to listen to my podcast. And so I was listening to this podcast and it was about the Church of the Latter-day Saints and how they pretty much like some of the leaders, the, the male leaders were able to marry young girls, 11 and 12 years old, even though they were in their 40s, 50s and 60s, was able to marry 11 and 12 year old girls, have sexual intercourse with them, sexually molesting these guys and stuff. And the law really couldn't do much about it. And so it's just crazy to me that, and it's just going to show you that our our lawmakers, we, we got the wrong... <laughs> Our energy is in the wrong place. We're busy banning books. We're busy, you know, trying to redistrict voting. You know, of uh, 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 we're busy on voter suppression. We're super busy on trying to, you know, all these other things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But you pass a law saying that, you know, clergy privilege. What in the world? Yeah. That just goes to show you, like, where our lawmakers are at. Like, y'all are so busy trying to trying to ban, you know, critical race theory. You want to ban this book, ban that book. We want to do this, ban that, ban this. But you allow... You allow pedophilia, you allow child sex abuse to be legal Mm -hmm. because of, quote unquote, clergy privilege. So a a big grown man could could touch your your underage daughter, do whatever. And then if he confesses in confession, you know, he's protected under the law. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing that you're going to really be able to do. And like Ron just said a while ago, you know, here's the thing. We have all these isms and schisms, but the real issues here with these monsters and stuff that that in the pulpits, these monsters and stuff in robes that do things like this to children, we keep giving them a pass to do this, to do that. No, no, you need to come and you need to repent before the church. That is an instance where you do need to come and apologize to the church, apologize to the family. Mm -hmm. And then you need to be sat down and then you need to be put out you need to be put out you need to find somebody somewhere else to worship because while a lot of churches think that oh well you know you got pregnant so you brought shame to this church what shame did you really bring to somebody's church you got pregnant the real shame is when you have allowed a pedophile person to operate in your church Mm -hmm. when you allow a pedophile a person that's involved in pedophilia to really associate yourself and tell them that i go to freedom of of christ apostolic assembly Mm -hmm. but ain't you on the sex offenders list anyway that's all i got these are your announcements for this week (laughs) govern yourselves accordingly we're going to return this service back over into the hands of ron we're going in blind tonight so (laughs) (laughs) say uh that last that was uh i didn't like that mic freedom assembly oh god of course you got freedom in there doc it's too much y'all gotta watch what y'all name y'all churches please um so today's topic is called breaking of bread and basically i just kind of want to talk about the relationship between food and the apostolic church (laughs) so my first question for you mike is how important is it for a guest church's after service dinner to be good it's very very important it's very important for for it to be good I'm just gonna be honest. Will you not go to a church if they don't have good like if you know like oh they don't have good food? Would you like not go to the service? To the second service? It's not that I would not go, it's just I won't eat like there. 
I'll still go to the service to support if you know if we have to be there, but I just won't patronize the kitchen. So got you, got you. What about you? Um, yeah, I agree. It's important. If I think the food gonna be nasty, I'm gonna make a stop before I get to your church. <laughs> I might or show after. up a couple minutes late before service. No, I'm not gonna go after. I might go after two, but <laughs> um, you know how you have like a two. Your, your service ends on Sunday at two o'clock, and it's a four o'clock service. Oh, I'm not, I used and to then hate the four o'clock service don't end until like almost eight or nine. You starving? Mm-hmm. You're starving. You are. You are. No, that's why. And I'm- then if you're in DC, they want to offer you some fried fish. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I remember, because like I, not to toot our own horn, but the church I grew up in, we had really good cooks. Some of the best fried we chicken, some of the best potato salad, mac and cheese. And then when some of our sins got tired, we was going to hit you with the Retner's chicken. I don't know if you've been to Retner's, but um, it might just be a local branch. But Retner's got some of the best chicken that I've had. So anyway, but we made sure people ate and we mm-hmm. fed them well. We wasn't giving you a little scoops. Like you could come up again. There's some. <laughs> Sorry. There's some churches that's that's going to do a couple of things. Some churches are going to give you one little bit. You know you're not a child. <laughs> I used to hate that. And my thing is this, <laughs> like, if you know, this is my this is my thing. If you know, because the church I go to now, one thing about it, we're going to always have plenty of food. Right. Like, we're going to have plenty, even if we have it catered, like, we always going to have, there's always enough to, like, people to take home plates. And I mean, like, two, three, four plates. If you know that you're going to have a guest church come please order or prepare enough food like please have three or four pans of macaroni and cheese please order three or four pans of that fried chicken and stuff because you know like you need to feed all these people you up here moistening stuff off and scooping a little bit on the plate like <laughs> i feel like you're not gonna get and like if they want stream beans and cabbage you i'm gonna give you half stream beans half- no oh put the stream beans and cabbage on these people's plate they done saying <laughs> They done, <laughs> they done you, preached. They done did all this other you stuff. You gave $100 in the offering and I can't right. even get two portions. They say you got to choose between one piece of chicken or the other. Like, come on. Like, mm. don't treat me like that. That's one. Two, on the other side of that spectrum, Saints, if you are in the buffet line to get a plate, please do not also ask for a to-go plate when you know you just ate and we got a whole lot of people behind you. We still got people in line, right? Yeah, it's so disrespectful. Now, I, I will say this. Now, growing up, even when, like, especially when I was in college and we were still going to my home church, mm-hmm. my mom was on the kitchen committee, so, and my god mom was on the kitchen committee, so they I would put me know. a little to-go I plate. I already know. <laughs> The kitchen committee is so corrupt because they will make their place before nobody comes They would. Out. It's they already would. sitting in their car ready to go. They be like, okay, this is your Mike, this is your to go plate right here. And then um and then my dad sometimes working on Sunday. So like my dad would have um he wasn't he, even they would have his he either. wasn't even at the service and he would make sure so well, um Joyce, go ahead and fix Dawson's plate. <laughs> Yeah, no. When you work in the kitchen, you get all the extra stuff. Okay, my next question is how do you feel about the pastor's table getting special food? I you know, I feel some type of way about that. Because <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Like, now growing up, we did it right. Like, whatever we ate, the pastor ate it, but they just, like, put it on their plate. So they put it on their table mm-hmm. so they could, like, you know, have their own. And right. I'm cool with that, right? 
So we went to a service once. It was a dedication service. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And at that time, like, I was in college. So we didn't really, we didn't, we weren't, we didn't really have Sunday afternoon service. So Sunday afternoon service was like one of those things where we didn't really do it. So to go somewhere on a Sunday afternoon just took a lot of energy. Anyway, we loaded up our cars and we went to Greensboro. Greensboro is a two and a half hour drive from Greenville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we loaded up the car. We went to this church. And anybody know dedication services are like long. really long. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, long. So the service started at like 3, 3.30. We, you know, got it then. So they decided they were going to offer us some food back there in the fellowship hall. Mm-hmm. Why were they offering us like a hot dog and no. chips that, that, that they were dispersing with their hands into a plate? and a piece of birth like a piece of celebration cake meaning that they went and bought pastor's table had like some kind of jerk or grilled chicken it had like some nice sides and stuff and i was just like what in the world they gave y'all hot dogs but it was eating they gave us hot dogs and they ate like and i was like boy this is this is something else like i would never (laughs) So, yeah, I do feel some type of way when it's like, because to me, my thing is this, like, and I know and I said all that jokingly, that really did happen, but on a serious note, and I know it sounds crazy, I think that for me, it kind of puts this air of like, the past is better than everybody else. His position, yeah, is he sits higher than everybody else in, in church and, you know, we respect his office, but I think it's like, y'all peasants gonna get these hot dogs and then... <laughs> You know, and I don't. I just don't think it should be that way. Like, my thing is this: like, if everybody couldn't have grilled chicken and stuff, and that was just make y'all. If if everybody couldn't have grilled chicken, y'all were gonna just serve that to the leaders. That should have been a a a dinner that they ate in private. Like, they mm-hmm. should have ate that in like the private quarters somewhere because that looks kind of like you know, like you you just had all these choirs come and sing. You just had all of these things that took place and stuff, and these people drove from all this long way, and the only thing that you could offer them was a boiled hot dog. We ministered too, like we ministered too, right? That's what I'm saying. So my thing is like I think for me, and if I was a pastor, I would not allow anybody to mm-hmm. serve me something that not conferred everybody else, like serve serve them grilled chicken too like they if we gonna y'all gonna serve us grilled chicken i'd rather them have grilled chicken i'd rather them have like all the good food they coming all the way from down here to do that and i guess i'm not against the you know pastor's table but at the same time it just needs to it needs to look right it needs to feel right at the end of the day so yeah like here's the thing i i think when it's a huge disparity like you were saying hot dogs versus like grilled chicken that's crazy (laughs) like but like okay let's say we're all eating the same thing but maybe you have a small portion of like something special and you want to give it to the pastor table fine yeah make sure i don't see cool with that like if i work in the kitchen i'm probably going to get some but (laughs) (laughs) but no like i think as long as it's not a huge disparity then okay you could give the pastor a little something extra whatever you know that's the watch for your soul fine um but yeah no i agree like it shouldn't be where the other saints just feel like peasants that's crazy yeah like i mean imagine getting like a ball and a boiled hot dog on top of that it wasn't even on the grill it was Ew. a boiled hot dog like, <laughs> great one <laughs> 
do people even eat serve hot dogs i hope that we stop doing that the only time that that was appropriate is like for kids selling dinners after like a youth night service or something like that but that's when we'll serve hot dogs now was after like a youth service or something but even then because i feel like the young people put it together but (sighs) we even had like a big zd pasta thing fundraiser we was like actually trying to give you some real food so right right the next thing i wanted to talk about and just generally from this topic is how food basically is fellowship in the apostolic church and how a lot of times we don't have opportunities to fellowship with each other in other spaces like even though we can go to church together all day long you know the actual fellowship of getting to know most of the time doesn't happen until it's over some food is that your experience like because that's definitely my experience is like the only time that i've really felt connected to the saints is when we're eating so oh yeah i agree with that a thousand percent is like is when we're eating like which you know and i used to live for that like especially like when i was a little younger mm-hmm. and like was in, new in like the city whatever like i wanted to like eat with the saints whatever fellowship and now not so much i don't know that i have to fellowship with the saints now like my outside of like the our fellowship hall at church maybe like me and another young person maybe we'll go grab a bite to eat every now and then but to like you know you know let's get together fellowship after church every sunday like no but i do know that is a that has always been like a a factor in fellowshipping is food for a lot of people it's like food like where are we going to eat at y'all where are we going to eat at after church mm-hmm. like and there's something about like the saints all going you know waiting on their table and just sitting down and time passing by and i think me you and i ron have kind of been in some of those settings whatever yeah. where you know we've like you know sat down for hours and just kind of like ate until you know we were full and then just kind of talked and laughed and just had a really good time and so i i'm all here for that and i think food does a great job in connecting the saints in fellowshipping and things of that nature i just think for me now like because there's not a lot of like young adults my age and stuff mm-hmm. like where i go at now like i you know I'm, i kind of opt out and so a lot of times like i do end up fellowshipping probably with people that are like older like a lot of times like at the church now it's gonna be me my mom and dad and then maybe like one of my mom and dad's friends at the church will all like go out to eat at the service or something like that sometimes another family might go but mm-hmm. but yeah that's the extent of that what about you yeah like i have two points in this like the first one is that i think about jesus breaking bread with the disciples the last supper like it all connects like food is fellowship Mm-hmm. And I think fellowship is so important in the apostolic faith or just in church in general. Like you need to be able to build community and just be with the saints and get to know people. I think that's the downside a lot of times is that whenever we want to congregate people, we're just like, well, let's have a service. Mm. And the thing about the service is like, I don't get to know people in the service. and like honestly i don't want to sit around and just listen to y'all sing either you know like there's little things exactly exactly you know you want to actually get to know somebody with some substance at least that's why i'm at now and i've always been this type of person where i i don't like surface level conversations i tend to avoid them and that's why i don't stick around at the service but Mm. (laughs) but when we're able to like have deeper conversations and get to the meet and i feel like i kind of know you as my sister or brother which is important you know like we should be doing these fellowship things so that we can be iron sharpening iron you know or like bringing up stuff to each other or making those connections or making sure some of the young people are getting connected and getting married you know you need that form of fellowship in order to get to know each other i will say this and this is going to lead into my next point 
or question i wish we would find a way to fellowship outside of just food i wish we would get more creative as saints especially being older now you know like as kids we used to like go to theme parks and stuff like that but now that we're older like it's harder i think for the saints to stay connected or get connected and like for us moving to new cities stuff like that you know it's harder to make friends when you're older it just is you're working like you don't want to put yourself out there that much you're like i can just go home things get tired very quickly <laughs> like tiring very quickly right, right but i still think like we need that sense of community and if you're in a new city you need to get connected with the saints at your new church or you need to get connected with your community there or maybe you're not in a new city maybe you just you see people who've been coming to your church or you need more young people there like well you got a witness and witnessing can't just be like five minutes after service being like hey girl you know that's not going to mm, get somebody to stay mm. it, it requires more when i think about particularly the black apostolic church i think we can take some notes from the white apostolic church about how they have built fellowship you know what i mean small groups and bible studies or like going out to the movies together and then talking about the movie after or like game nights things like that to kind of keep things interesting not necessarily always going out to eat because it takes money and we all just get fat which is gonna move to my next point but <laughs> <laughs> you know just like building fellowship in a different way so do you have any thoughts on that mike no, I agree. And I know even like as a young adult ministry leader at my own church, we've had to be very creative in finding ways to like, mm -hmm. you know, bridge the gap with fellowshipping with young people like game nights. And like one night we did bowling night, which was really successful for us because we actually had like 30 young people come out to the bowling alley. Oh, nice. And, you know, we had some young people from other churches we fellowship with come and some people invited a friend. So in which I wish they had that same energy when we had services. But mm -hmm. anyway, it's easier to bring people to stuff like that though. yeah but it is easier to bring people to stuff like that and i respect it and then just having like you know game night and stuff like that like i think those things are great ways to help people to fellowship because even if you're inviting somebody from the outside like you get a chance you know they get to let their hair down a little bit and they feel a little more comfortable than if you just invite them to service outright because mm -hmm. i remember we had a game night last year and i invited like my two girls that used to work for me on my team like i invited them to come like they came they enjoyed themselves and oh, nice. they were supposed to have been coming to church I, something happened but they just really enjoyed themselves they had a really good time and they was just like you know what we're gonna come back and stuff so the seed is planted when you do things like that and i think sometimes like you know i've seen this happen where i've moved to a new city and you end up like you're so desperate to find friends that you end up falling into like the wrong friend groups mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. either you end up in these situations where it feel like people gatekeep certain people like it's just like a, it, it's just really weird the way people kind of move in churches and stuff nowadays and i wish sometimes we took a page out of like sometimes what our caucasian counterparts do like where there is like a small group you know bible yeah. study and stuff like that like because that stuff is helpful and so i don't know just really interesting so yeah um so keeping up with the topic of the relationship between food and the apostolic church when i was thinking about this i got reminded of a family member and she used to be like a drug dealer on drugs and stuff got cleaned her up and she was just like there's nothing to do i'm trying not to sin 
I'm trying to keep myself holy. The only thing for me to do is to eat. Oh, wow. And I've seen a lot of people who like come from the world, who enter the church and they just get big. And I've also heard some of uh, my brothers in Christ also talk about how (laughs) big some of the sisters in Christ are, but like, (laughs) stop. No, because this, like, this is new to me. Like, uh, is, so, it, is it new? Yeah, to you? This is new. Because <laughs> instead of doing other things because you can't do, because you shouldn't do, because it's a sin, because blah, 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 all you do is eat. And so, like, and that was one of her, like, biggest concerns. She was just like, I just, like, because I can't do what I want to do. <laughs> All I could do is eat. And so like, it was just interesting to me. Like, look, Mike, your face is so. I'm just trying to understand. That's all. <laughs> He's just trying to understand. <laughs> and look, like, it's not just for people who are new to church. When we think about some of our famous, like, singers and stuff like that, these people were big. Eating yeah, is all yeah. they did. That's how James Cleveland went. James Moore had diabetes. Had ch- James Cleveland said he had chest pains all over his body. <laughs> <laughs> James Moore lost his teeth in the end because of the diabetes and diabetes is something connected to food. Eating, particularly the apostolic church is so ingrained in fellowship. But I also think like my family member was bringing up, it's out of boredom because I can't do things that I used to do in the world. This is how I get rid of my boredom or this is how I deal with whatever. I'm stressed out. And I would normally go to the club. I would normally do the X, Y, and Z. I would normally have sex, whatever way people Mm de-stress. So I eat. And then we just walking around, all of us just big. Not everybody, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. I get it. (laughs) So my question is like, do you think that the apostolic church has like properly addressed? Like I, I, when I was growing up at church, we didn't really talk about like, our relationship with food we didn't have a dietitian come in nobody really sat people down we knew a lot of people had diabetes in our church but and then somebody be like you know you shouldn't be eating that and they was like well i'm gonna eat it anyway no we didn't really have somebody like come teach us about our relationship with food they used to do like health like fairs and stuff at the church i grew up in they still do them now Mm. Um, but they used to do health fairs um but it still i feel like didn't stop the saints from eating those greasy chicken boxes <laughs> and going over down to the golden corral yeah and going down you know here there and everywhere to go eat after service um but i remember we did like health fairs we actually had a couple of nurses in our midst that would like come and like they would do different talk about different things and stuff but I feel like I don't think any of that stuff was really put into practice. And I will say, like, my pastor growing up was really big on, like, like your body and what goes into your body and stuff. Because he would, mm-hmm. like, talk a lot about, like, a lot of stuff that you should not eat and stuff. But I feel like the same still did, like, what they wanted to do as far as food. Like, we already knew, like, after pastor's anniversary, there was going to be this big spread of, like, unhealthy food down there. But it was going to be good. You know, we going to South Carolina. We're going to stop at Fuller's and Lumberton. Mm-hmm. Because 
because Fuller's is like this this buffet, this place they um it's a buffet and all they got is like I mean have really good food, fried chicken, barbecue, ribs, and all this other stuff. So it's just one of those things. I think that like eating and you know food and stuff is synonymous just with church in general. You know, like mm-hmm. it's one of those things that was like okay, like we just we got some spiritual food now we about to get some physical food. It kind of like this the icing on the cake, but I don't think that we found a whole lot of balance you know with it and stuff like even when you look to i always have this joke with my cousin i'm like yeah i said we you know you go to some of these restaurants on sunday after church you see the church people walking out and they're so full that they're rocking side to side coming out the restaurant They got to they gotta roll them out in wheelchairs and stuff. Jesus. You know, yeah. they done unloosen their pants. Like, it's just all of this stuff because, like, you know, but that's just how, you know, how we roll with food. And we don't realize, like, the effects that it have mm-hmm. on our bodies a whole lot of times. Like, even for me, like, I know, like, sometimes, like, even my relationship with food is not really healthy. Like, yeah. I know sometimes, like, I go through spells where I, like, eat crazy. Like, even this week, like, just eating crazy, whatever. Like, I go through spells where I'm just eating crazy. I know I shouldn't be eating it, but I'm like, ah, you know, I'll I'll make up for it and stuff like that. And so, but I think, like, for a long time, because it's always been something that's been a part of church, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just all about doing it in moderation. Like, you know, maybe you don't need to two plates two full plates to the top you know after that maybe stick with one take the other one home and you eat it later you know mm-hmm. maybe you didn't need two two bottles of that diet coke maybe you just needed one you know so i don't know it's just it's interesting so yeah i was thinking about my relationship with food <laughs> when you were talking and like it's true like because i'm a stress eater a lot of times, like, when I feel like I can't control what's going on in my life, like, I can control what goes in my mouth. And so I'll eat a lot. And so it's something that I've been, like, thinking about and working on more. And I think, honestly, it was, like, Clap who had mentioned it, which I appreciate her for that. She had talked about how um, we talk about the scripture of our bodies being a temple. And we always talk about it in the sexual context, but not necessarily mm. what we put in it. And so that kind of like helped me. So I've been trying to work on this like wellness journey mm-hmm. and like trying to work out consistently or like pay attention to what's my body, try to eat fruits and vegetables. And so that's part of the reason why this topic came about because I've just been thinking about how ingrained food is with, like you said, the church. And it is, it's very ingrained. Yeah, from all aspects, from either like, because you don't have anything to do and we need to find something to do obviously <laughs> but because you feel like you don't have anything to do you eat or the way we fellowship is with eating or like you know i believe well, god is in control but i eat go ahead what what no what even thinking about this like and i know this is the case of me growing up and i'm probably for you too you think about it like it was very hard for us to really have like a healthy balance like relationship with food and not even so much relationship just the way look at the timing that we eat like I know growing up we had service Tuesday Thursday Friday night right Mm -hmm. so unless my dad cooked before service and we were able to eat which that was like kind of rare that he did that because if he had to work until five or six come home and then go to church like a lot of times it wasn't gonna be until about 10 o'clock before we ate 
That's a good and point. that was Bojangles. That was Chinese food. That was whatever else. Same thing like, you know, Friday nights, whatever. Like most of the time we were going to the Pizza Hut after service and getting a pizza buffet. Or we were going. So you think about like just eating. And I'm sure that wasn't the case with just me. That was a case with a lot of people is yeah. you think about a lot of these people. They got midnight musicals. And then what we do after midnight musical, we want to go exactly. sit down and we want to go eat. And I remember IHOP had a chokehold on the people of God yes. for a long time. <laughs> It's a guilty pleasure. It was a guilty pleasure for a lot of people. Like we wanted to go eat at the IHOP after watch night service. And a lot of times, like, I think for us too, we think about like the way, you know, a lot of church people end up getting sick and having diabetes and stuff. It's because like, you think about it, like we sometimes force to eat late. Yeah. You know, sometimes we forced to have to eat, you know, crazy and stuff or have to like grab something. Or when we go on a trip, what what do we have? We pack our chicken, chicken our fried chicken sandwiches. <laughs> And we pack us out. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because right. Lord knows, like, I love a, a good fried chicken sandwich, a good wing bag with a mm. piece of white bread. I love On that. our white bread. But, <laughs> on the white bread with an off-brand soda. <laughs> um, but I think for me, like, I'm not saying, you know, switch it to salads and fruit and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like, maybe we don't do as much. We don't eat as much of it, whatever. Maybe right. we kind of learn how to, like, balance that out. Yeah, no, that's an interesting take about, like, when we do have time to eat um and and like and here's the thing we be having church mm-hmm. you be moving and that's and that's why you're hungry afterwards like you know you be moving you ate all day because i know i don't wake up in time to eat breakfast and go to sunday school either i'm gonna do one or i'm gonna do the other <laughs> But if even you with that, that, like, I find myself on Sunday mornings, like, we all, I got to stop and I got to grab, like, a cake and a soda before service. Like, I'm just getting this to hold me over till we get out of service. I'm going to be tired. You know, because I'm going to be tired. And then, like, I go, yeah, like. <laughs> I agree, like, moderation. Maybe we should, you know, instead of having fried chicken all the time, you know, have a little fruit salad available for the same. <laughs> Add some greens to it. Let's get creative with what kind of food we give in the same. Mm, <laughs> it don't right. gotta be the same old, same old. You know, like have a little yogurt, a little bit of sweet granola. <laughs> Put that in the bag. Right. <laughs> right. <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> we could be a little bit more conscious. I think, like, you know, food is connected to like all aspects of our culture, whether it's black culture, whether it's living in America, whether it's apostolic church culture. But I think that we like have to pay attention, particularly when we read the scriptures about how much we're consuming. And even if we are consuming a lot, like are we taking care of our temple? Mm-hmm. Um, Because we don't want to be like so many of our late singers and folks who we're just big y'all love like and it's nothing wrong with being big like it's nothing wrong with being big. let me not say I, I shouldn't say just being big what i mean to say is being unhealthy and it's a difference because you can be big and still be healthy you right. can be skinny and still be unhealthy. be unhealthy so i think the the conscious choice is to just be healthy pay attention are you making conscious decisions are you realizing like okay i'm stress eating right now maybe i need to fast a little bit and get my diet under control because why am i over consuming you know mm-hmm. like there's certain times like we talk about things being a sin because it's not being done in moderation you know like modesty goes beyond clothes it goes beyond what you watch it goes to also the fact like are you over consuming are you not being modest in how you eat so in all aspects that was just my little thoughts here mike do you have anything else no i think you covered it all like i think that 
you know, like you said, like it's all about moderation, being healthy at the end of the day, saints. Like, and I think it is time for us to do better. And I say it's all the time on the show. Um, you know, your doctor told you to lay off the sweets, lay off the fried foods, to lay off, you know, a lot of the things. And you still tell, well, God is going to heal me anyway. And I got to die from something and all this other stuff. Or, you know, I ain't worried about it. I ain't, I ain't listening to the doctors. You know, I'm, no, well, please don't ask us for prayer when you land up in the hospital. Those daughters are there for a reason. So I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's just all about finding that balance. Mm-hmm. It's hard, right? right? It's hard when you came out that 50-day fast and you want to go ahead now and get you a great big old fried chicken dinner, you know, or it's rough. Like sometimes you get off, get out of church sometimes and it's late at night and you want to head over to the cookout, you know, and get you a cookout tray and stuff, you mm-hmm. know? So, and we've all been there. I'm guilty of it and still guilty of it. But I think too, like it's, it's all about like making sure you're making the best decisions and stuff because like i said church doesn't always have to be associated with food fellowship doesn't always have to be associated with food and stuff so i think it's all about just learning how to have a healthy relationship with food so and then even for those that say oh i'm I'm eating because i don't have nothing else to do i'm bored and stuff there are plenty of things to do you know pick up a book you know or you know learn a new hobby you know there's a lot of other things that you can do out here may take a walk you know take a job take a walk. <laughs> you know volunteer at the homeless shelter so there's just so many different things that i think that you can do before saying like uh i just eat because i'm bored and like i said i've been there before too so Definitely been there mm. that's all i got amen music ministry music ministry praise the lord everybody praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord praise him Praise him. Um, Sister Ron, is there anything that you've been listening to That's that has question. been blessing your spirit? Madison Ryan Ward has some nice music. Let's play Anchor. So this week I've been kind of in my mm, chill, churchy, but like kind of secular bag. So so she's a good artist for that. When you're like trying to find something that's wholesome, but you like Vincible Hannon and stuff isn't doing it for you. (laughs) You want to go to something else. Another person, I haven't done this in a while. I haven't put any gospel hip hop artists out there, but I'm going to do it this week. Uh, Caleb Gordon he's one of my favorite uh gospel hip-hop artists if you do that if you listen to that i know all the saints don't and he has a song called love till it hurts Yeah. 
stop Mike bobbing his head. Act like you care about this. But um, it reminds me of that movie Praise This. <laughs> I'm dying. But um, it's it's like good music, like to listen to. Like I listen to it when I'm running. It's, it's like it's a lot of reasons why I listen to it, but. I I love this song because it's kind of just telling us, reminding us that we are supposed to put the love of Christ first. And sometimes we have to love till it hurts. Like even if people aren't treating us correctly the way we want to, you gotta love them again. And you gotta love them again. And you gotta love them again. Um, so yeah, Mike, what's your songs for this week? Oh, um, I only got two this week. Um this first song I'm going to play is by Tanya Fitzgerald. Uh, it's called Solid Rock, and it's actually featuring um on the intro and on the vamp a our friend of the show, Kenny. So here it is. Come on, put your hands together as we lift up the name of Jesus, our solid rock, our firm foundation, our cornerstone. Sinless than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy green on Jesus' name. Oh. So yeah, that was Tanya Fitzgerald. I like and that. yeah, I like it. It's very catchy. Um that because that was a friend of the show. Kenny was on the intro there. Oh. Um and yeah, he's also on the vamp. Um so yeah. My next song that we're gonna play is truly a throwback. This one is called Where the Praises Are. We sing it at my church. Here it is by Fashawn Mitchell. say it sounds like a donald lawrence song just it does it does it does sound like a little bit like donald lawrence um but well, is that a new song. album i've never heard that before no it's off one of his first albums oh, um okay, okay. what's the name of the album believe in your dreams which is one of my favorite albums. got no way no way no weapon this form should oh, okay. i had never heard it either and he is he is i hadn't heard the song either until we got ready to rehearse it at my church so <laughs> Since it's my birthday, I'm going to give you guys a gift. I'm going to give you two clips of the week this week. Hey. And it's from the same culprit, Mother Frances Kelly of the Church of God in Christ. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to play the short one first and then I'm going to play the long. Here's the short one. Right quick, we got a lot of time. 
bad ear infection. Right there, you got a bad ear infection. No, you ain't. <laughs> the way she bopped that woman's brain in the video is hella. No, you ain't. Right, right. The same lady. And this is our second clip of the week. What, you bladder? Lay hands on this one. What? It's for my pastor. Okay, I can't pray for your pastor. Not that he ain't here right now. Tell God, God bless our pastor and healer. But this is a hands-on thing right now. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on, say. I shall not run over I don't want to just leave her laying here, but I shall. Well, 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 well. But I, I, I have to obey God. Or else somebody else can do this. I can sit down and eat cheese and crackles or whatever. Well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help us, God. Oh, she's hilarious. She is. She said, no, you ain't. <laughs> ah. Oh. oh, you got a cold? Oh, you got a cold? <laughs> you got a cold? Oh. No, you no, ain't. No, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, God. Do we have per request, page reports? Anything else? Uh, we haven't talked about it. I was looking at my background. I was like, oh, Jamie Foxx. How's he doing? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't heard much about anything, really. Well, I guess no news is good news. Yeah, as long as he's not dead, right? Yeah. I mean, they last I heard, his daughter said what he was playing. What kind of ball was he? Pickleball? And oh. He was doing fine. But this has oh. been like over a month ago, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't had any real updates about it. Like, it felt like he was in the hospital for a long time, and I didn't know he got out, so... Uh, well, he's gonna just take it that he's minding his business and recovering. Yeah, yeah, just living his life. Here further, right? Convocations are coming up. Yeah, convocations are coming up. We outside this summer. I don't think I'm going to anybody's convocation though. We're gonna be in South Carolina in July. I don't know how far that is from you, Columbia. Oh, it's not a oh, Columbia. Okay, when? Just let me when. Saints, y'all should stop by too. <laughs> I think it's July, like it's the 13th, 14th. It's the 14th, 15th. Weekend, oh, nice Where y'all gonna be at? The Emanuel Churches in Columbia. I've heard of them, but no, we just have our youth conference coming up. So if y'all are in the area, when is your youth conference? June 30th, July 1st. So oh, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna make sure I'm there. We'll have uh, El- District Elder James Sears will be there Friday night. Elder Ready Go Long will be with us Saturday morning. Oh. And then Elder David Hollis will be with us that Saturday evening. So, what's the um, dates again? June 30th through July 1st. Y'all come to Rocky Mount. Like, if you know, fellowship with us, come meet us. Um, it's gonna be a, t- a time is gonna be had. Well, it'll be on our social media. So, if you follow us on social media, yeah, uh, our individual pages, and we'll, it'll be posted there. Individual pages, do people know what your uh pages are? Mm. I don't think I've ever told people what my page is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind because, like, so. I don't mind you finding my Facebook because my know, Facebook is completely some, open. Somebody has actually asked us to like start putting our like Facebook tags and stuff. <laughs> our personal ones. 
Are you ready to do that tonight? I don't mind my Facebook. Neither do I mind like my gentleman mic account. I do have another like private Instagram account for like family and friends. Like mm-hmm. that's the account. Just I follow just family and friends. So I prefer not to give that one out just because like Yeah. You know, I like to keep that kind of intimate, but um I don't mind you following me on gentleman underscore mic on Instagram. Um, Facebook, you can find me at Michael Corbett Dawes on Facebook. So, yeah. I don't have an Instagram. My only form of social media is on Facebook. You can find me at Deronda Bordley. <laughs> 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 if you can figure out how to spell that, good luck to you. Yeah, so- you can spell Dawes, you know. <laughs> But, but yeah, no. if you find your face, Deronda Boyley, don't choose the one where I look like I'm like pending about the world. I have two accounts, one of them I got kicked out of. But yeah, that's it. All right, we'll wrap up there. Heed the announcements and may the Lord watch. May the Lord watch. Between me and thee. Between me and thee. Why we're absent. Why we're absent. One from another. One from another. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love somebody, y'all. My life was church and all it. I'm a pew baby.